no chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 55 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your hosts, Ryan and Nate. Like, I want to first off say, you know, keep up the engagement on, like, all this, like, fan art and, like, you know, posting us to your story. Man, we love seeing that stuff, man. Like, it's good to, like, see the love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, we kind of felt like we fell off for a second. I yeah. felt I felt like we had just released our... Our, our sophomore album and we just hit hit the slump and we're like damn we ain't on the billboard charts Dude, my phone was buzzing like all day today it like, was nice I was, yeah i was getting like it's nice notifications all day today from instagram yeah so, keep, shout out to you guys keep up keep up the engagement man yeah. we love seeing that stuff we want to we want to have the conversation with you guys that's the whole point of us sort of getting into this podcast is we want other people to input their own opinion and we want to talk about topics that we may not be thinking about, and we want to talk about things that you guys are interested in. So, you know, like keep it up, man. That sh- that shit's awesome. And and before we get into the the conversation, be sure to follow us at No Chance Podcast. Put us on your stories. Listen to episodes. Tell your friends. Do Subscribe all that shit. To us. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the all the uh, logistical things. Yeah. T- tell your parents. I feel like we, we, we're uh, we're catering to all audiences. Yeah. We're uh, we're. All audiences across the board. So, yeah, tell your friends, tell whoever, spread the word, tell man. Tell your dog. No chance, love. There you go. Um, so our topic... Actually, let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah, because we, we talked about it last episode and something that, you know, we were all really excited about, which was Hype Fest. Tickets went on sale two days ago. Yeah, I, of course, was lucky enough <laughs> to get a Sunday ticket that shit sold out within maybe like a minute. I felt like a minute. Okay, let me see, let me tell you the processes real quick. So tickets launch at 9 a.m. I go onto the website. I see VIP. I was like, oh, shit, VIP. I'm just going to click on that. It's free. i probably get some perks. Right when I clicked on it, sold out. I was on at nine, exactly 9 o'clock. So I was like, oh, fuck. So I went to a different day. I got luckily enough to get a Sunday. I was like, cool. We texted the group chat. Nate, nothing. <laughs> like... Super L. And I was like, God damn it. Like, what am I going to go alone now? Yeah. I didn't respond for like a good, like five, 10 minutes. Cause I was, I was driving at the time. <laughs> I was on my way. What day was that? That was on Wednesday. That was on Wednesday. So yesterday. No. Yes- yeah, yesterday. That was yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday morning. I, I was on my way to work and I was driving and I was like, oh fuck, it's nine o'clock. <laughs> like I gotta get, this, get my shit Fucking together. Traffic, yeah. like gridlock. <laughs> and I was on my phone and all I hear, or like I see the notifications from the group text and shit saying oh i got a sunday ticket oh i got a sunday ticket oh i got a sunday ticket and i was like fuck and, and then we just get a text back from you like oh y'all i just got a texting in the car ticket from the police yeah. <laughs> like i just got this ticket I'm like oh my bad dog uh but yeah like this it's super exciting like um as we talked about last episode um kevin ma the uh creator and ceo of hypebeast is throwing a, a really large um experience in new york on the first weekend of october um basically all your favorite brands are going to be there but the question is is what is it going to be right so we talked about you know it's going to be a little bit different than than complex con the agendas where 
you know, the focus is really just selling you stuff, you know, exposing you to new brands and selling you their first collection or whatever collection they have to offer. And it's kind of like a giant, I don't know, like sample sale, essentially. Yeah. Um, but this one's different. And, and the reason why, uh, and this kind of leads into the topic of the day, which is like the educational piece is, you know, Kevin Moss sort of says in, in, in an article in the New York Times, he mentioned, you know, you can shop anywhere. You can shop online. You could shop in a retail store. You could shop at a pop-up. But at this experience, I want you to be educated. I want you to, I want you to know about the brands that you're, you're shopping or you're buying. And I want you to be able to talk and listen to the people that are selling these things to you, you know? Um, provide you some insight to create your own shit, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I think I read somewhere, I'm pretty sure on Hypebeast, when they were talking about this whole Hypefest thing and what it's going to be about. Like you said, he wants it to be more about an experience and about people taking away something that's like intangible, like learning something, as opposed to just shopping. Because the way that he put it is that you can shop at any time. You can shop online, you can shop at any of these other stores, like anytime you want. But when do you ever get a chance to like go to something and actually learn something that's like streetwear related, fashion related, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like exactly. that rarely happens. And there's actually a big difference um, between like uh, what we would consider things like a museum and like, well, we have this thing in San Francisco, in San Francisco called the Exploratorium. It's like a, a tactical way of learning things. You interact with the artwork, you interact with puzzles and stuff. And I feel like it's a, in this day and age, it's just easier to learn that way when you can physically hold it and learn and, and touch. It's, it's just a great way to, great way to learn. And you said a very good term in, in saying, what was that word you said? It was like a word you don't use often. I don't know. In what, what context? In, in the sense of learning. You said a really good word, and it kind of relates back to this whole thing of like, um, within these spaces and these experiences. Intangible? Intangible. There you yeah. go. Because we buy clothes all the time. Yeah. We are all consumers at the end of the day. But how many times do we experience buying a, uh, a pair of shoes or a t-shirt for an insurmountable amount of money, and within a week, two weeks, a month, we no longer care about it? But it's the experience from wearing those shoes, those clothes that we hold on for the rest of our lives. Or we even know more about whatever it is that that shoe provided for us. That's the intangible piece. And I think that's something that was never touched upon when it came to like experiences like these. So it's actually really, really, really cool to see how this sort of pans out. Yeah. I mean, when you think about streetwear, it's very like consumer based, at least these days. Um and to be quite honest, I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily know what they're buying or why they're buying it. Um, and not to say that's everybody, but I'm just saying I feel it's a lot of people. Uh, so to see someone or a publication, organization, brands like want to put on something where they educate other people about what streetwear is, what their brand is about, other stuff like that, and less like product based, that's really cool. And the fact that Kevin Ma, the founder, CEO of Hypebeast, whatever, um, I think he said he was like personally like funding yeah, like Hypefest. So I, that's I don't like, know the logistics yeah. of how much that would cost. Yeah. But in the most recent um, Business of Hype episode with Jeff Staple, he talks about like literally I'm going to fund this personally, not through the company, but personally with my own dollar. And I'm like... 
Uh, how much? How does much? That yeah. Co- and with tickets, how much does he make? The amount of tickets that are being sold, I said, is upwards towards. From what I read in a New York Times article, it was ten thousand tickets. Jeez. Ten thousand people times. I don't know how much a ticket is. Usually like 50, 60 bucks. Yeah. Ah, shit, man. Rolling in cash. It's definitely like like almost a million dollars. Easy. Well, Hypebeast does make a lot of money, so I could definitely see him making a lot too. He's been at it since 2005, and that's a long-ass time, and yeah. a lot of sponsors and a lot of you know different collaborations and events, so he's probably rolling. I mean, you have their website up on your laptop right now. Like, I do, actually. Looking I'm at really just looking at a <laughs> pair of shoes, but like... It's 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 part of of the hype beast day to day life is like this is our we go to this site before we go to Google sometimes yeah, this is like the New York Times exactly like <laughs> it's the time of of streetwear yeah but in the larger sense basically what we're getting to is furthering your education with streetwear is really important and I think that select people in the streetwear industry focus on not only just pushing clothing and um, pushing product to the consumers, but pushing this idea of, of learning more and doing it yourself. So we see that with, with HypeFest and it kind of being the larger piece of the puzzle in regards to teaching people how to do stuff. But this has been happening for a really, really long time. Like um, as of, or probably one of the first people that I saw like sort of take charge and like really doing this is watching Jeff Staple do his little Skillshare class course or crash course of like called the Staple of Design. And basically he walks you through from A to Z how to take your brand or maybe even start a brand and bring it all the way to production into actually selling it. Like that alone is crazy. That's that is innovative within the world of streetwear. Maybe not in terms of like you know, business courses are always offered, how to sell, how to market. But for the streetwear industry where, to be honest, people, ourselves, consumers, we don't really have like a life track. You know what I mean? True. Like we're not in a path of like, oh, I want to be a doctor or oh, I want to be a firefighter. Yeah. We're just kind of like, we love streetwear. Where do I fit in? Yeah. Like how do I make this my career <laughs> exactly and that's the dilemma all the time and we th- we think about it we 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 wanted to start a brand at one point yeah we wanted to be designed whatever but it's like where do we fit in within this and there's you could literally do everything you could be a photographer in streetwear um a logo maker whatever like anything you can make shoelaces but what what i like to see is some of the leading innovators within streetwear are literally trying to push education towards you and say, Hey, I see you buying whatever, buying this, buying that waiting in line for this. But how about you take that money and invest it in this course and make your own shit? Yeah. You know, that's important. Don't you think? I think so. I think in this day and age, since there are so many brands out there, I think it's important to really kind of dial in and know exactly what it is that you're doing to kind of set yourself apart from these million other brands that are out there. Um, and I think that's really cool because at the, you know, at the very start of streetwear, streetwear is very DIY. Of there course. is nobody telling you this is how you should do it. This is like how I did it. You know, it was everybody, it was just every man for themselves. So I think it's really cool that those people that lived through that time and had to do it themselves are willing to pass that on um, to like this newer quote unquote generation of people um, in order to keep like this 
the streetwear culture, if you will, alive. So I think that's I think that's pretty at cool. An, and you make a good point because at an earlier moment in time, and I love using this example as, as context to this whole thing, is the hypebeast forums. Now that is like um, a stomping ground for people who, before social media was actually that big of a thing, you came to hypebeast forums to show off your skills. You want to show off your fits. You want to show off, you know you needed advice for your brand, you wanted to sell whatever. That is where the f- the first like streetwear entrepreneur started. That and Nike Talk. Well, Nike Talk existed a little bit before Hypebeast Forums or but Hypebeast Forums are really really popular for doing that. And if you really know Hypebeast Forums, you would know that a lot of the brands that are big shit right now came from Hypebeast Forums. Those people who were maybe moderators or just active users on Hypebeast Forums are now some of the biggest people that you follow on Instagram, bar none. Like, for example, um, if you look, I mean, I was, on, I was on for a long, long time, maybe like 2009, but if you go back, go back in, in the archives, if, if they still have the forums on their websites, if you look at, for example, like, um, like the one of the biggest photography forums right if you look all the way back you'll see julian berman he who was the photographer for odd future at the time you could see him just posting random like film photos and just asking people hey what do you guys think of this what do you guys think of this and now he's like one of the biggest photographers for your favorite artists nowadays if you look at shit like uh neek from anti-social social club he was on hypey's forums just yeah, heavy like yeah like all all your favorite instagrammers influencers whatever originated from an area where they were all trying to learn from other people within it and sit and ask for advice and you know where did you get that shirt you know introduce me to that brand and and i think that's where it all started it's all about I mean, that's how you learn, really. That's how you get it. That's how you survive in this world of streetwear. That's how you're able to cop the shoes and the clothes that you want is because you got to ask somebody. If not, you got to look it up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like you said, like you got to learn one way or the other. And that's how it was back then. You know, you it there. It's not like today where you can just go on like three websites and look up. Okay, this is where this is going to release. This is what at at what time it's going to release. Perfect. I know exactly where to go. Like back then, you had to talk to people. You had to go to like different places. You had to do all kinds of other shit just to figure out. Okay, this this item's dropping here at this time. Okay, I'm gonna I have to be there, otherwise I'm gonna fucking miss out. Releases yeah. and and raffles weren't done on Instagram prior yeah. to social media. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like Nate said, you gotta you gotta go to the store. You gotta camp out. You gotta talk to the managers. You gotta know somebody that knows somebody that works at the store just to know what quantity and what sizes or what's gonna be dropping. You know, like release dates didn't just. There was no public forum for release dates. Yeah. Like, I remember people always telling me, like, uh, Huff San Francisco, which we now live, like, two blocks away, or, or the, the X location, they just used to put shoes up. And there would be no indication of when they would come out. They would just be up. So imagine walking into your favorite sneaker store. And for those Nike SB heads that, that, are, still, that are listening, imagine just walking in and seeing, like, De La Souls just sitting there and just in a full-size run yeah. and just being, like... Uh, completely oblivious to what that shoe is to our culture nowadays, you know, like you, you almost learn street smarts by being in this world of, of streetwear. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, you have to kind of hustle to get what you want. Definitely. Yeah. 
I think that uh, that's kind of like the driving force behind streetwear is that you have to hustle to get what you want, whether it's you're making a brand, whether it's you want to cop something, whether it's whatever. Like it's always you have to have that drive, I feel like, to either learn or, you know, to teach other people. And I think that that phrase and correct me if I'm saying it wrong, but innovation is the father of necessity or invention is the father of necessity there, there's sure, some man. there's some line that kind of plays in part with each other but if you look at where things like social media and things like bots and things like you know where to buy lists those all come from this this need for information we we all need information to to keep our hustle going where do i get these shoes you know, what sizes are available, you know, who's the one that did the design for this shoe and why is it worth so much? Like a lot of those things are, are necessity or are necessities in order to keep this going. And I think within the streetwear community, we've done a, an amazing job, like holding each other up to like, even though most more often than not, people will flame each other for not knowing certain things we've done a pretty good job at like helping the next person learn because there was a point in time where I didn't know that Supreme drops occurred on Thursdays at, you know, 8 a.m. You know, like I would go on on Saturdays and be like, why the fuck is everything sold out? Like, why does this website suck? And like, who, why are they, why don't they have anything, you know? Yeah. But you got it. You go in the forums, you, you discover things, you learn. The next thing you know, you're trying to educate the next person. Yeah. That's one of the one of the great things about streetwear is like eventually after you get roasted a couple times, they'll help you out. Yeah, and 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 gotta that's, get the initial like hazing out of the way. Exactly. Like, right. No, this this was always my favorite in the in the Supreme forums back in the day. People would ask, "Hey, when does the when does uh when does Supreme you know drop new stuff?" And everybody would just give them like bullshit. Yeah, like the times. wrong time. Yeah, <laughs> those are always my favorite because it's like. Yeah, yeah, like you, Saturday. Like you're gonna 6 go through that, yeah. right? You're gonna go through that. But um, what's what, what's important about this is that there's a lot of people doing this, and uh, and now that with 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 social media and like everybody being on the internet, there's things like online courses that are dedicated strictly to teaching people how to be in the streetwear industry, right? Like we don't have, we're not like artisans in our in our own craft. We don't know how to cobble shoes or so these are things that we'd love to learn at some point but like we said we, you have to find out what your niche is in streetwear and make it happen and with in this case like let's talk about this for for example is so fit i, I believe that, that stands for fashion institute of technology sure we'll go with that i would assume so um they did a collaboration and this was you know not fairly recently, but they, they, they've done it in the past with Complex to produce a online course that is dedicated to learning how to create, not create a shoe, but design a shoe. Okay. Okay. And I, I like that piece that's carved out. I like how Complex is, is they know that they're a leading person within the streetwear community. So, and they understand that, hey, it's, you know, it's not always about selling stuff I mean, it's ironic because they're selling this course, but it's not always about selling stuff. Let's teach people how to make this. Let's let's write this. Let's write an article about some kid who took this class and made some dope shoe. You know, like let's not always see the same things. And that's what we're starting to see with like a lot of collaborations nowadays. Yeah. And like we talked about before, 
there aren't many resources for learning how to start your own streetwear brand. Oh, yeah. Because streetwear is such like a closed off community, if you will, that not everybody is willing to, you know, give up their secret of success, like how oh, they made it. I can't wait to talk about this. You know? Go ahead. Go ahead. Like, for instance, like no one wants to give up that formula that they use to get to where they're at. Not all the time, at least, you know, so it's. At the time, I think back then and even still now, there aren't many resources that you can kind of turn to say, okay, this is like how I do this. This is how I do. It. I mean, obviously a little bit more now since like everything is a little bit more accessible, but compared to, I don't, I don't know. When we were younger, trying to make like, like streetwear brands or like even trying to find a place to buy blanks or to, to do screen printing, it was a, it was like a rule in the, in the fashion industry and in streetwear. You do not tell anybody who who does your your screen printing you don't say who your wholesaler is you don't say who does anything nothing that is like the the golden rule you, like i don't tell you because then if you go there then my shit gets backed up and it was like you held on to that as a kid at well as a kid that owned a brand you held yeah. on to that because streetwear is like it's such a niche culture that if you give somebody that secret that person's now your competitor. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But if you if you look at it now, like you, because the resources weren't there. But if you go to Google now and you type in like chain stitcher or fucking like screen printer, hundreds of results come out yeah. all within your area. Even people that just have their own individual screen printers. Like there's so many ways of like making that shit happen now. But back then it was like, it was, I can't, dude, that was always the most annoying thing. Like, Asking somebody like, oh, like, where'd you get your blanks at? Or, oh, where can I screen print my shirts at? They're just like, no answer. I'm like, fuck, selfish, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to the point you just made, like, in regards to what Complex and, and FIT did, like, you got you to gotta look at it like this. Like, sneakers and, like, sneaker fashion is literally, like, a $55 billion industry, Right? Did you just come up with that random? No, that's number? a real number. Okay. That's I, facts. I did research. That's facts. Facts. All right. That's facts. There's the asterisk there, and I'm and I'm I'm referencing the the article that I came from, but it's a 55 billion dollar industry. Why wouldn't you want to get into that? That's true. That is very true. Right? And no, not a lot of people do. How many? I would say like how many of your friends or just like people you know are trying to become footwear designers or I don't know what other piece there is like um, material specialists. You know what I yeah. mean? It's it, it, it's just as big of an industry as as that of like finances or insurance, but it's it's not something that people focus on. And with complex is obviously a good um, can gauge the temperature of where things are at and who's applying to what jobs and things like that and. If there's not that many footwear designers, you start to hear the same names and et cetera. Then it's like, shit, why don't we just educate people on how to do that and, and get them into that field? Because we want those types of people. Yeah. I mean, it's still sneaker culture is still it's, it's very mainstream now, but it's still a very like niche community. Oh, yeah. Like we keep talking about streetwear and all that. Um, and it's just now sort of sneaker culture and sneaker design is just now like starting to be at the forefront of like footwear design because traditionally like when you think of footwear design it's always like other types of shit like other shoes but 
there's so much innovation happening with sneakers and sneaker culture that it's important to like have that base of people that knows like how to design. Uh, you know yeah, what I'm and and you and you can make some real money off of the uh, oh, off of sure. the sneaker. And I'm not talking about in regards to just buying, selling, and and, and reselling. But look at somebody like the shoe surgeon. His name is uh, Dominic Chimbrone, and he literally is one of the a-list people for customized sneakers. His every customized sneaker he makes is always like on hype beasts and and collaborating with some brand and like doing some sort of giveaway. He even has like a what's called the shoe surgeon school and he offers a course on literally from A to Z, make your own shoe and literally a wearable shoe. Like I I just recently watched um I think either Vice or Com- Complex did like a video on him and they uh, he brought them to the studio and showed them the whole process and like grabbing, like taking a last and building a shoe around it. And I think his whole class built like an Air Max one. Yeah. And like literally has all the materials and all like the, the footbeds and everything like that. I'm like, holy shit. Like to, to show somebody how to make a shoe from A to Z, like you'll never want to go back to like buying shoes at that point. But do you think, so here's my question to that. Is that out of like genuine interest the genuine interest of like wanting to teach other people how to do it or is it just like another way for you know people to quote unquote sell their knowledge in order for them to make a profit because i, I, think, kn- yeah. I know those shoe surgeon classes cost like crazy amounts of money yeah 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 like close to like a grand i think so. i think it's a little bit of both yeah and 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 hear me out because the first part of that is is as a creator and and we both know as people that want to make cool shit we want to talk to other people that want to make cool shit. We want to educate them on how to make cool shit. I'd love to for somebody listening to this episode to be like, "How do you make a podcast?" Oh shit! I'll tell you every little thing. I won't. I won't charge you a single dime. I wish I could charge you a thousand dollars to teach you how to make a podcast. But it's all about like seeing other people in our field and us pushing the culture forward. I think it's eh, it's kind of tied up there with like making money and pushing the culture forward for yeah. us, but. The idea is like we want to see other see other people doing cool shit. We love when our friends are doing cool shit. We're always advocating what they're doing. Not many of our friends are doing cool shit, but true. we're trying to we want to advocate others doing amazing stuff and if that's through a course then then awesome. But at the end of the day, there's a price tag when you are who you are, right? Because the shoe surgeon is a shoe surgeon because of the amount of work and effort in and just education and prowess that he has. You look at a rapper, right? That's an A-list rapper. They're not doing features for free. Even if you may be like an associate or whatever, yeah. right? They're still gonna charge you. What did What did Two Chains say in a, in a verse one time? He charges 10k for a, fe- a feature, or 100k for a feature. Like that was in a song one time. Like. 100k for a 16 bar that's yeah, a lot that's a of lot money for like two 30 chains. seconds <laughs> yeah Jeez. exactly but i mean like uh, as a shoe as the shoe surgeon and being advertised so widely and just having that name i guess a price does come with it and i i think you you i think you would have to you would have to charge yeah it's a lot of effort and a lot of materials that you you provide but do you think in this day and age that it's ne- it's necessary to do these courses in order to like really really learn how to, for instance, like 
make a shoe or start your own brand? Or do you think that a lot of it can be learned through trial and error? Because that's a lot, that's a Mm. lot of, that's a question that a lot of people ask these days is like, do I really need to go to school? Do I really need to like sit down in a class and educate myself or have someone, someone else educate me when I could just be educating myself? You make a good point. You make a good point. And, and to that, I think in this case, it's, it's hard to make a shoe like as an online course, obviously. Like you have to have it has to be tactical and where you're playing with with cobblers and you're paying with playing with sewing machines and all that stuff. You have to have the materials there to learn by doing, essentially. Does it have to be a course? No. Yeah. <laughs> like you could definitely learn on your own, you know. Like I'm sure the sushi, the shoe surgeon came across these materials or found this and this and put it together and made his own shoe. Like totally doable. And you tell like you 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 educate me on this piece because you're in school still. Unfortunately. And you're yeah. doing you're doing creative stuff in school. Sure, man. But there's like a there was a hesitation before about school. Yeah. And so where did that come from? Because you do a lot of creative stuff and you do creative stuff outside of school. Do you think that that's an area where you can be like, I don't need this teacher that I feel like I know more about? I mean, of course, like education regardless is invaluable, Um, whether that's coming from a teacher, a professor, whatever, or if you're self-taught. But I think certain things like school can't really teach you. Like, I feel like certain things you just have to learn on your own through trial and error. Like, for instance, like, this podcast like school I don't think could have taught me as much as opposed to like just doing it like being present and going through like all these experiences and learning from them as opposed to like sitting down in the classroom saying okay this is how you do it this is how it's gonna go like this is gonna be the end result if you do this this and this um I think it's of course like school is I fucking sound like a parent, but like, <laughs> yeah, school is important. Like it's, it's great. Like it teaches you a lot, but at the same time, there's some things that you kind of just have to learn on your own. Exactly. You know? Like I, through your experience. I feel like with school and I've, I've always thought this is, it, and it comes for, it goes for different people. If you're a person that needs kind of delegated structure, then schools, schools for you. If that's how you learn, then schools for you. If you're, if you're a, like a total, like, like lazy ass like when it comes to like just doing anything then you almost would kind of need school to be to like push you in your place sometimes but if you're like a lazy ass but you're interested in something like you have a passion for something then maybe school's not for you and you just like really put all your effort into that one passion and you make that happen and i feel like like with the things that i do now as a career i didn't learn that shit in school I learned how to do social media or graphic design in school. That didn't teach me that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like we talked about before, it's like all about experience. Like I, half of the stuff that I know now, I did not learn in school. I just learned from going out there and just doing it, being around it, like whatever it is, you know, um, School? Do you think, wait, what are you saying? Do you think a big piece and and sometimes people, people think about, uh, use this as an argument. But do you think school teaches you how to learn rather than teaches you what to learn? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think school is a good like foundation. And then it's really kind of up to you to build on that foundation and kind of like make it your own and actually learn. Because there's only so much that school can do for you if you're not going to actually go out and like put those practices 
to practice. <laughs> exactly. No, <laughs> you know? that, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And if you're not put, if you're not taking what you're learning from school or taking what you're learning on your own and applying it, then it's not going to stick. Like there's no point at the, at, at that, at that rate. If yeah. you're, if you're reading all this shit about, say, say you want to make a brand, right? You're learning all this shit about screen printing, what ink to get, what t-shirts to print on. And you never in a day in your life buy a screen printer or t-shirt or talk to a screen printer or do make an order or design whatever. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. It's kind it, of a waste. It's just in the air. It's in. It's it's just floating. Like at that point, there's there's no there's no reason to even know that stuff because what are you gonna do? Just talk about it? <laughs> do we just become academic counselors? I think so. Yeah, we're trying to t- we're trying to take our followers to the next e- the next echelon. We're we're trying to get you guys like whether it's a podcast or a brand, whatever. Do some shit that you like. I think that's that's kind of what we're getting at. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't heard it already. Okay, shameless plug. Go listen to our How to Build a Brand episode. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. That's one of my favorite episodes, actually. That one's full of gems. But um, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we're kind of like putting ourselves in those shoes of people who not necessarily like intend to teach other people, but hopefully you guys take something away from this, whether it's like you're learning something or it gets you to think about something in a different way. Um, and I think like, it's kind of not not our job, like like we don't get paid to do this, but our job, um, theoretically, is to you know start a conversation and engage with other people so that they, like I said, they think about things in a different way. Yeah. Particularly streetwear because there's no other platform out there that's currently doing something like this. You know. As podcasters, our job is to communicate. Yeah, exactly. So we have to talk, and when we been talking for the past 50 some odd episodes we get good at talking and we feel like what we have to say can help people yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day so and, and and that's the thing it's like what we say can help other people and what other people say can also help us it's like a it's an exchange it's a two-way know? street in yeah, this sense exactly like of course like we said in the very first episode we don't know everything out there you know like it's and that's what we talked about this whole streetwear community is based on you know, finding out who knows and getting that information from them. And then, you know, somebody else doesn't know. And then you pass that information along to them. Yeah. It's, it's very like word of mouth. And that's kind of like what we're, go- what we're going for here. Yeah. Like and, I'll, and I'll give a good example and, and look out for this episode to come out some, sometime in the near future. But I had a conversation with one of our followers one day, his name is Ross. He owns a, a denim brand called Cambridge denim. That's based out of um, Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts. I may, I might have gotten that wrong, but it's somewhere in Massachusetts. And, you know, we're from the West Coast. So we talk about our perspective of the East Coast from the West Coast, right? But it's great to hear somebody that's from the East Coast speak on West Coast streetwear culture from an East Coast perspective. Yeah. And so, so we had this little little conversation about, you know, he, he just thought that, you know, Stussy was the brand out here, right? Stussy was the, the biggest thing. And I'm just like, yeah, Stussy kind of fell off for like the past, you know, five, six years and just came on fairly recently. Like yeah. once again, like just like reignited the whole, the whole brand image. And, and it's cool to hear that, you know, from somebody, cause we like, like Nate said, we don't know everything yeah. and we're not from everywhere. It's impossible to know everything. Yeah. And I think that's what, makes learning so interesting is when you're learning different perspectives, not just your own, you know, like I, 
I, I learn the best when I'm hearing somebody who has such a different perspective from my own and I'm seeing what they're seeing and thinking about things the way that they're thinking about things. I'm like, Oh shit. Like that exists. Yeah. Like, you're, you're so different, but it's, it's kind of cool. It's like, cool. Yeah. It's definitely cool. One of my favorite things to do. And sometimes I catch flack for it from my own girlfriend is, is when argument, when, when you decide to talk about something that you may disagree, disagree on, but one person is trying to have a conversation about it and the other one's trying to argue about it. Yeah. And so when I talk to people that we may have differing views on a particular topic, I want to know why you don't agree with me rather than like trying to argue with me and trying to change your perspective. Like I'm right, you're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's less about that and just being like, oh, yo, tell me why you, f- like, why you think like that or yeah. why do you feel that way about this brand or that shoe or this person? Like, when you start to break out of that box of it's almost like being defensive about what you believe in kind of yeah for or sure. like or within streetwear it's when you're too protective of your brands or pr- too protective of of your opinions on certain things then when somebody comes with like a differing opinion or be like oh like that that's just a rip off of of this brand then it's like oh okay so like tell me more like where do you like where does that come from like it'll further your education rather than, you know, being stubborn about stuff because I was a, a, a super stickler of just like certain brands that I cared about. It'd be like, no, I like this brand. Like I'm never going to fuck with this brand. But when you like, for example, like an a life or an extra large, I was like, man, that shit's so old. Like I, I'm never going to wear that. And then when I looked into it and I started to see the collaborations they were doing and I, I read articles about them and their history and being deeply rooted in LA and New York culture. I'm like, Actually, okay. kind of fuck <laughs> okay. with them, yeah. you know. Like it's all about that educational piece. It'll yeah. definitely get you out of your fucking your fucking ego when it comes to um, the things that you like. Um, damn, yeah, we killed this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we wanted we wanted to talk about this topic, man. We, I, I, I never thought that education and and not just higher learning in general would ever relate to streetwear, but. You know the things around us, the things that we see, the courses that are offer that are being offered. Shit, Nate's in like art school, like taking art classes. Like that, it, it all re- relates and ties back somehow to streetwear. And and shit, I didn't think about it because even like Benny Gold, he has his little his his uh, office hours. Is yeah, what it's called where people, brand owners, designers come and anybody take his like, yeah pick his brain about shit. So, um, yeah, I mean like. That's that's all we really wanted to talk about at the end of the day is make sure you guys you know like take what you guys are interested in and and pursue it further just learn more take a class you know or even just like do your own research do and your just own teach research yourself, you know yeah I hear like we hear so many times that people are like oh I'm interested in this or like I want to do this I'm like well there's so many there's so many options for you out there like there's the internet there's this there's that like you could talk to somebody about it like yeah. just get out there and just fucking like learn more and if you don't you know? like to read then just do yeah learn exactly. by doing figure out what you did wrong do it differently like uh, next time talk to somebody who does it better that that's the one thing that that i would recommend and, and this comes from having a background in, in, in skateboarding is you'll never learn how to skate if you don't skate with people that are better than you because if you skate with people that are not as good as you then you're just going to stick to that standard of, oh, I'm just going to keep doing the same things. Nobody's going to push me, whatever. So that's why I like being surrounded by people, whether it's Nate who <coughs> dresses better than me or somebody else who DJs better than it's me. Facts. or 
Damn. Who or somebody else who does whatever better than me. It's good to have those people around you because then it opens you up to like want to try different things or do other shit. So, you know, expand your circle, be different, you know. Yeah. Typical uh, Pharrell sayings. Yeah. <laughs> Think other. Think other. There you go. Human human made. Human made. <laughs> um but yeah, guys, on that note, we want to um we want to say thank you guys for listening. Um, be sure to follow us at No Chance Podcast and shit. Like, leave us comments. You know, put us on your Instagram story. Yeah, make creative gifs of us. I don't know. Dude. Tell us what you think. Tell about us what the you episode. Think. Yeah, leave us reviews on yeah. on Apple Podcasts. Do all that stuff. You know where to catch us. We'll be here next week, every Friday, on the hour. Uh, if I happen to get it uploaded on time, uh, that's that's on me. But um, yes, on that note, we'll catch you next week. And that is episode fifty-five of the No Chance Podcast. Peace. Later.